0: everybody Eric with smart pot fabric planners back again with another episode of the growing revolution smart pot and today's guest is Devin Langford. he is uh, one of the distributor reps for Hawthorne gardening uh, he's been a hydroponics veteran for many years and he's also a personal friend um, so we wanted to get him on the show to talk about his experience in the industry uh, where he thinks it's at and where it's headed. So, without further ado, Devin, welcome to the show.
1: Outstanding. Thanks for the warm introduction, Eric. Great to be here.
0: Well, uh, I, I was looking forward to this um, interview for a while. So, and, and then it's always good to see a, a friendly face that that I recognize. So, uh, mm-hmm. this is going to be a fun interview. To get
1: together. Thank you.
0: Yep. So, uh, first of all, I guess before you know getting into Uh, you know, your background in the industry and stuff. I remember you telling me a story a while back about how only hydro people call you Devin, that all your friends and family from back in the day, I think they used used to, they called you John, right? Uh, What's the deal with that story?
1: You really pulled some memories out and did your research on this one. Yeah. Up north, if you know a lot of my friends from the hydro stores and people where I grew up with, I stopped going by Devin about, you know, four fifth grade i took my grandfather's name john and um, my name was devon john but then everyone in the industry kind of known me as john devon nice kind of hard growing up in the hills with a name like devon (laughs) so yeah i'm from from well it
0: it fits you 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 look like a devon
1: yeah thank you you gotta pop the collar when you say it devon (laughs)
0: nice nice um So what were you doing uh, before, when I met you, you were working for General Hydroponics. Uh, What were you doing in the hydro industry before that? What's your origin story there?
1: Oh, thanks. I'm still very much involved with General Hydroponics. That'll always be a passion for me. But before that, you know, I was working uh, in the kitchen. I got my start kind of uh, in the old school mannered in uh, growing for uh, culinary purposes. So I went to school already kind of growing my way through culinary school, if you will. And then it's funny, like you work your butt off to be a really good chef and I got a job in the Bay area and left the foothills and, you know, moved down South, but it's like you work your butt off to be a good chef and they want to know if you can grow food now, you know, and if growing food actually led to a better position in the uh, cooking world. And then inevitably it led to a a position in the hydroponic world. So I left cooking to work at a gardening store, which is a, uh, really different when you your career was to cook now my career is to grow and uh, it, it was really a, a unique situation so my my origin story is the hydro villain in a way because uh you know i, I never was supposed to be here i brought the ag uh, the ag knowledge and like the uh, the big world background along to the uh the culture world and uh, ever since then i i traded in pine trees for palm trees and i haven't looked back <laughs>
0: Well, uh, Southern California is better off uh, with you down there for sure. So so you're a, tr- you're a trained chef. Did you go to Le Cordon Bleu or it, where did you get your training? Actually,
1: that's great. That's a great reference there. I, I went to a Le Cordon Bleu accredited program in the Sierra Nevada foothills up there uh, in uh, tu- Tuolumne County. So uh, that, that was a unique experience for me. Uh, I always knew that growing up in the kitchen and, you know, my, my passion for gardening was always going to have something to do with cooking. But when you actually go to school for it, it kind of changes your mind and the way of things go and uh, kind of teaches you the fundamentals. So it's not just about cooking anymore. There was a lot of restaurant law, restaurant math, uh, business management that went into that. And it made me see that there was a lot bigger world than just in the kitchen. And uh, it, it was a, a community college, but uh, when, you know, whenever you have that cordon Blue accreditation, it's a little bit more of just your average like, cook school. So um, I was proud to graduate that and uh, took some of those knowledge down to the Bay Area and immediately started working for uh, uh, a gentleman that um, had, had a uh, French bistro in the Berkeley area and then took my skills over to San Francisco and worked for an Italian food import company and slang wine and cheese in San Francisco for many years. And uh, was over that pretty quick when you think about the amount of uh, Stress that goes into a high-paced cooking job in the Bay Area compared to the life that I had used to and become accustomed to, which was growing for a living, you know? And so you, you add that to the hustle and bustle, and I said, you know what? I'd rather grow for a living. So here I am working at a hydro store fresh out of culinary school and had all this cooking knowledge, and it was funny how the, uh, the understanding of hydro and uh, the understanding of uh, the fundamentals that go into that is very similar to the way that you think about cooking. You know, you can't really, you can't wing it when it comes to cooking and you can't wing it when it comes to gardening. Um, people want to argue with science, but well, you can't argue with pH and you can't argue with baking. So I found it very uh, easy, almost like riding a bike when I picked up the gardening side of it, especially when it came to like spreading the knowledge. You can see when I talk about gardening, I get a little passionate, you know, and passion is, it's contagious.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, are you really working you know and it's it's so rare i think that people love what they do for work so when i found the hydro industry i just knew i was where i was meant to be and it kind of sounds like that was the same deal for you well let's so. be honest
1: me and you both found a lot of perks in this industry for a lot a lot of moons um, I remember walking around festivals that I don't think me and you either would have been at if it wasn't for the company sending us to uh, on a mission to find customers. And some of the leads and some of the friends that we've been able to come across in this time, working at events, doing customer appreciation days, finding that even your competitor in another company or even a distribution person you work for, those are friends. Those are people that ended up being lifelong uh, uh, allies, really, when it comes to this world. And everyone was so kept secret about their knowledge back in the day in this culture now we're coming to this time where people like you and i get to make a career out of it spread our knowledge i don't know if it was the same for you but i was told my whole life i could never make a future out of growing especially um, those high value crops that you and i like so much so the fact that you know a lot of those people that said we couldn't do it were wrong and you and i were right its kind of a success story of the industry and i just look forward to see what's to come in this industry and people like you and ourselves look to the people who finally got to like branch off and maybe sell their company or take it to the next level that's you know it's been a great seat for you and i to sit here and watch that and get to get some of those perks that we've got to have in this industry and the culture is one of them
0: yeah uh the culture is great the people are awesome and to just be a part of an industry that's really i don't want to say it's in its you know beginnings because really people have been growing for decades and centuries and millennia but as far as being legal to grow uh it's a new thing so it's it's really cool to just kind of watch an industry uh i don't know get shaped by our hands uh in in some sense pardon
1: blossom if you will
0: yeah exactly exactly (laughs) uh so how, how did you get picked up by general hydroponics uh when you're working what was it grower's choice that you're working with?
1: Uh, you hit it on the head shout out to grower's choice up there they got three locations in hayward uh tracy modesto um big shout out to all the boys over there i got my first jump off over there with anthony and derek and uh and from there it was just really picking up all the knowledge you could get you know every day you're learning, you're finding a new problem, you're teaching new customers, you're learning with soil growers, you're learning greenhouse growers, and then the hydro game blew up. And it was more than just selling food like a feed store, it was selling liquid nutrients and indoor lighting. And with that came uh, high-value uh, professionalism that people expected that you would apply to the ag world, you know, w- was applied to the hydro world. And uh, when, I, when I saw that the hydro world was evolving that way, I saw, you know, there's a couple companies up there that would be a really good place to uh, get your resume in. And I think, you know, uh, I, I interviewed with Hortelux, I, I interviewed with another company, and then I interviewed with General Hydroponics. And uh, by the, uh, the good words of uh, Ryan Coast, shout out to Ryan Coast over there, still doing things in the industry, laying the foundation for people like us. And uh, um, Matt Durst got me in the door there. So uh, that, for the rest of that is history, from um, standing on stage to ripping heads off of mascots, to doing uh, my own podcast like yourself. and having fun while we're doing it. It's just been about spreading the word and kind of being positive as opposed to uh, talking about what you hate, talk about what you love. And that's been a really good way for me to spread the knowledge.
0: Nice, nice. Now, um, there was a bit of controversy. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember what year it was now. But when General Hydroponics was purchased by Scotts and brought the- under the Hawthorne Gardening, what?
1: 2014.
0: <laughs> I, sw- I swear it feels like yesterday um, <clears throat> what was that time like for you? And, uh, you know, what were the, I guess, challenges that came about, um, when, when that acquisition happened?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I can't speak on that for the company, but I can tell you about my personal experience during a, uh, a transition where a company um, transitions from a, uh, mom and pop world to a more business and corporate environment. You know, it was a very unique experience. And I know a lot of people, uh, in the industry had a lot of opinions on that as, as it took place and sitting back in those seats that you and I were talking about in the front line, looking at how the, uh, the industry is evolving. It was really great to see some of uh, the people and the founders of these companies actually be able to make their dream come true and build something from a garage and then turn that into a corporation and then sell it to a subsidiary of Scott's miracle grow. Like that, that is the American dream. It's what you and I live. Um, in this industry talking to people that are trying to do that every day. And so some of the, the controversy that came along with that was the big name, the target that goes on your back when when the big names come into the industry. And it, it took a lot of uh, grassroots efforts on the uh, reps in my place's part to, to be able to speak to the truth to some of the myths that are out there. And you know, a lot of people believe that the uh, corporate business is coming into a small culture industry like this is bad. But, and you look at it, there is no bad, there is no good. There's just how we react to it. And if we were to sit here and react like the evolution of our industry was a bad thing, I would say that that is maybe, you know, a a different one-sided way to look at things, but to say that there was only one way to do things and that our way was the only way, you know, you wouldn't be wrong because the culture has been right. And whenever you do this for the plant, it's been uh, very beneficial for you. If you do it for the money, you get weeded out real quickly. And so I sit back and I think about all the criticism that was rightly put on the companies because, you know, it's a culture's duty to hold big corporate companies in check and, and see what they're really doing is for the corporate. But when I sit back and I think about where those worries were and where they are today, I'd say that, you know, the the, the, the things that were the most worried about were um, never come to actual fruition and the industry remains very similar to how it was. And the only difference is that some of our friends now, uh, on the board of corporate companies as opposed to uh, in the streets with us. But hey, you know, that's what we're here for and pushing that legacy and talking about, you know, what the past has, has laid down for us and what we can do for the future of this industry.
0: Yeah, I, I just as an outsider, I think that the uh, transition with GH uh, and Scott's went about as well as it could have. Um and you know, like I said, looking back, it, it seems like distant past, you know, Hawthorne has just been around for so many years now that um and, and they and they did a good job of just kind of leaving the brands do what they do best. Uh, so uh shout out to the people at Hawthorne. Uh they're one of our distributors, they're our biggest distributor uh of smart pots. So, you know, we appreciate you guys and all the hard work you guys Uh, Put in for our products for sure. We
1: we appreciate that. That's that's solid. And like at the end of the day, the companies that distribute the highest quality brands are always going to get the recognition. And Smart Pots is the highest quality brand when it comes to cloth pots. If you're buying a knockoff, you're only hurting yourself. So shout out to Smart Pots for making this whole game possible.
0: That's what's up. So um, you've seen a lot of innovation uh, in the hydro industry, even, even in my short time in the industry, lighting went from, you know, the cob uh, single end to double end uh, to now to LED kind of seems like, you know, the current wave of technology. Um, what do you think is on the horizon in terms of innovation or are we plateauing?
1: Man, you think about it like so many of those things in the past that we used to laugh at, like, look at Eric. We used to say you can't do you can't do organics in a uh, a flowing system. You can't do a hydro system outside. So, so many things that we're starting to find out that there this culture finds a way. Uh, I don't want to get Jeff Goldblum. I right, finds a way, but it does. All right, and like. The thing that we've seen in this industry is the people that are being told no are the people that are innovating the change in this industry. People were being told not to use LEDs. If I walked into a hydro store three years ago and tried to sell them LEDs, they'd laugh me out of the grow. They'd laugh me out of the store. But nowadays, LEDs, people have to take the the change in technology seriously because now the science is catching up with a gardening request, and we've got people giving real-time world advice and uh, uh, feedback on what they're experiencing using these products. So to, to think about have we plateaued or, or are we uh, uh, still furthering our, our knowledge, I think there's still so much that we've just scratched the surface, and I'm looking forward to a, a, a future where we have customized LEDs with spectrums, you know a UV ability to be able to add right into the light out of the box. You don't have to add any, any extra components, futuristic controllers that have the ability to give you real time data to make adjustments in your grow room and have this knowledge over a set point of days and ye- weeks and grow cycles so that you can use that knowledge and further this experience in cannabis. Cause that's really what it is is it's an experience that we're trying to provide. And it's a, it's a good experience gardening and, a happy gardener is an educated gardener and you know the, you guys are doing it right now educating people on the best products so game recognize
0: well, you know we're 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 definitely trying to do that and and then with this show uh, this podcast you know i i view it as kind of a kind of a time capsule in a sense we're trying to capture you know the the companies and the the individuals who have made this industry in, into what it is and and to gather these stories you know for posterity before they're you know gone forever and um this industry is so cool it would really be a shame if we didn't somehow catalog uh these cool stories and and, and i wish we could go
1: back and bottle up that feeling that nostalgia when this industry was just popping off at those moments when indoor was really you know when those when those prices were crazy like if you could catch that moment uh, that those those are the days and these are the days now that we'll laugh about in the future and say remember back then remember 2020 remember that year i know eric does the the
0: the gray market was a good time uh no no doubt and you know it, it is what it is the industry has to evolve and we're just being drug drugged along but in a sense we're kind of leading the charge at the same time so i'm like i said i'm happy to be in it um Speaking Over. of a controversial topic, uh, prop- so sorry.
1: The the industry's hanging on by a dreadlock right now in the middle of a hydropocalypse
0: <laughs> Well, we'll get into that here uh, right now. Actually, uh, so Prop sixty four, which uh, if you're not from California, it was the proposition that legalized recreational uh, cannabis in the state. Uh, has been widely viewed by myself and many others to be a failure. Uh, where do you see the industry right now, and are we in another hydropocalypse?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the writing's on the wall right now. Um, everybody's seeing the industry going through some contractions, and I don't think there were any measures that we could have put in place. I don't think there's a a way that we could have grown our way out of this or bought companies uh, and or dropped prices this is a, this is something that happens in a growing industry. And unfortunately I think that this is just the start of this industry maturing and coming to riding the ship. Now, um, hydro apocalypse, like end of all, no, absolutely not. And you know, I joke around and I coined that phrase to to, kind of like poke fun at it. But uh, when these moments happen, it it weeds out the people that don't really want to be in this industry. And there's cycles. It's an ebb and flow, just like a hydro system behind me, all right? You're going to have moments where people look at the risk versus reward. And right now, in that gray market that was so uh, uh, relied upon, is, is the risk versus reward not there? And I think, you know, there's, a, there, there's multiple reasons why that's happening. You couldn't point it at just one thing. And it's going to continue to happen until the risk versus reward factor comes back. And when you see that happen, you see the gray market come back, you see the legal market double down. And uh, this is one of those instances where uh, you're not going to be able to just uh, uh, hold on to flour and hold on to product and wait for things to come back. Product has a shelf life. Um, Product takes uh, money to grow. And trying to find that balance right now to where is it worth it? And should I still be in this industry? A lot of people are looking in the mirror right now and Wondering, you know, if they should go to something else and you know The plant will weed them out the people that want to be here for the money Good luck people that want to be here for the industry They're the ones that I feel like will be around in a couple of years. So, you know think, think about that when you're choosing who you do business with in the future
0: Yeah, yeah, every industry is gonna have cycles, uh, especially a new industry like ours um, you know everyone thought the sky was falling in 2018 and then like 2019 uh everyone realized oh there's no supplies so time to get back into the game so i i think uh i think good times are ahead of us uh yet so uh you've been on the uh, heavy tea grow show quite a bit and then you've got uh your own uh show farm to table canvas can you talk about uh that a little bit
1: well, I mean, if you talk to Heavy T, he will tell you that I single-handedly sh- saved the network. And if it wasn't for me and L of my one listener, which is my wife, then there would be nobody even watching the network. No, I joke. Well, around. at least
0: your wife watches your show. Mine doesn't.
1: <laughs> uh, no, shout out to Heavy T and DFZ Radio. Those guys really laid the foundation for me. Uh, I remember my first time on that show as uh, the GH rep. I couldn't even get my words out. I was stumbling over I I couldn't give a bio uh, bloom pitch to save my life. And, you know, now I sit in the studio with them and take Tyler's uh, shit sandwiches, smile, and tell them they, they taste good. It's, it, it's good times. It's fun listening. And if, you, if you've if you got a little bit of uh, uh, grow knowledge, you'll do great. And if you want to know knowledge, you just get to call in and learn some questions. So it's been fun. And I do the Farm to Table Cannabis Show, which is a, an extension of DFC Radio, and I get to talk about cooking with cannabis and interview some of the top names in the industry when it comes to growing in uh, cooking with cannabis. And shout out to High Times TV for throwing my, my show on there, too, so I had to give that a quick plug.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Nice. I didn't know about that. Um, now... You know, I, I've uh, I've known you for a long time and and followed you, you know, on Instagram. You've got a beautiful family. Um, does your wife partake in uh, extracurricular activities with you, or how how does that dynamic work with you guys? Because she could seems she doesn't seem she doesn't seem like a hydro girl, but yeah. does she tolerate your uh, uh, intricacies?
1: Now, could you imagine me trying to explain that to her parents? So. My wife's like, look, I'm going to marry this guy. and It's obvious. I've obviously grown weed since I was in high school, and she's looking at me, and I'm trying to convince her parents, and somehow I convinced this wonderful woman to marry me, and uh, she partakes a little bit because, you know, I don't think a square one could put up with a person like me with all the amount of consumption going on in my my life in this industry, but uh, yeah, she does consume about a couple times a year, and she's got an event coming up, so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to plug it. Um, this is going to be in downtown la at the events place called seven and we're going to be doing a night full of puffing and painting and the events puff puff paint shout out to drama and jc pineapple they're going to be there doing live art and then uh, the mystery baking company some of my favorite edibles those guys are going to be there and i'm going to be doing medicated food and optionally medicated food with their products they got hazelnut flavor honey flavor i'm going to do an infused pizza with some hot honey to do some hazelnut chocolate torch so puff puff paint it's going to be on june 24th downtown la and uh, anyone who mentions the uh, smart pots podcast is going to get a free ticket
0: nice nice awesome uh you know i've never been to you know like a wine and paint or a puff and paint event but i've always wanted to and that's really cool that so your wife is the organizer of that
1: yeah she's the artist that'll be doing the live painting um our uh, stage name is uh, Drama when she's up on stage painting and um, pretty unique situation we've got. I cook, she paints, and everyone gets to get medicated, puff, puff, and paint.
0: Well, that sounds like a good time. Um, and if I was in California still, I would probably be there. Uh, so who do you look up to in the industry? Like, who are, who are, Who's like an icon for you?
1: I mean, when it comes to icons, that's such a uh, nostalgic-driven word, right? You know, it's like, who who, gi- who who gives you that feeling anymore? And when I think about people that, like, lay the foundation for us, like, dude, I got to give uh, shout-out to, you know, Ross Haley, the Jai Ears, the guys that uh, made something uh, and and made it happen when when everyone else was, you know, doing one thing that they, they thought bigger. And, you know, I think that those guys, to me, are uh, some people that I would, strive to be able to have any piece of a legacy like that to where you contributed to this. I remember when Jair was just the kooky guy at the Max Yield show trying to sell a light that was half the size of the Ocho everyone was selling at the time. The Ocho Sun System XL. And then here's Jair. Would you like to buy the double-ended light? And like it was, it blew me away. Like the guy went from that to like, hey, the guys living the life right now. And it was all about sticking to your craft, being true to the industry, and I think those guys are success stories. And I think when the, you think of legacy, those are two names that come to mind.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. Th- those are two OGs. Those are two OGs for sure. And uh, yeah, Jair, that guy, that that guy just grinded with the lights, and then yeah, he got he got a nice payout. He's living a good life right now. Look at the, uh, you
1: look at the lux guys. You look at all those guys. It's success stories. And um, you know, here, here's here's the thing about taking that opportunity. You know, someone's got to be buying you know you work your you got to the moments have to all come together so many things have to come together right for stuff to work like that and uh there's no coincidences in this world man the, the plant chooses who's going to be successful what have you done for the plant lately
0: yeah hard work pays off you know karma you you put in the work and hopefully the the good things come back to you um so just to kind of wrap things up with a nice little bow talking about you if you could be remembered you know as as one thing or i don't know you you're so many things you know you're 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 a podcaster you're a chef you're a grower you're a salesman i don't know what what do you want to be remembered for
1: you know i've always just looked back at this because i come from a small town up in the Sierra nevada foothills of california and you know if your resume was solid and you told the truth and you did good by your neighbors and you did good by your family then you were labeled solid. You were a solid person. All I ever want anyone to be able to say about me is that I was solid and honest, and uh, was did things the right way. And I feel like uh, I bring a little bit of professionalism into a, ro- a world that's um, very culture-driven. So uh, it- it's a unique experience, and to be able to have a part in this, I-, I would, you know, just love to be able to have my part in it and be solid the whole time, maintain my uh, professionalism. <laughs>
0: well um you know you're a solid guy in my book uh i always love seeing you always love chatting with you and um you know you're somebody that that i look up to in the industry and and i guess i could really say that about you know really all of all of my peers uh in the industry everybody uh has played such a integral part uh in their own uh way to get us to where we are today so um on that note, Devin, I wanted to thank you for joining us on the podcast here, and um, you know, best of luck with everything that you're doing in the future. Love you, dude.
1: Love you, brother. Thanks for hanging out with me in my garden. Shout out to Smart parts Smart Pots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's five o'clock where you're at, so I'll, I'll cut you a little slack on that one. Thanks. Devin, thank you again. Appreciate it.
1: Cheers.